Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's time, it's time for the Draft Dudes Podcast. What's better than this? Your hosts, the Draft Dudes themselves and co-founders of the Draft Network, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino. Guys being dudes on the Draft Dudes Podcast. And it starts now. What's better than this? Guys, being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs. We're your hosts, Chris Schubert, floating around producing this thing. We are from the Draft Network, and we are brought to you by Bet Online. And basketball is back, and Bet Online, of course, remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You'll find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. It's always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events, whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. So head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Just make sure to use our promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. That's B L E A V. It's Bet Online, and it's where the game starts. Kyle, happy National Mule Day to you. Mule. Yeah. Like uh, Moscow Mule or oh. like the actual. That's the day I'd like to celebrate. I'd have one right now. This right. is the uh, the donkey mule ah. animal. I'm, I'm out. And for those reasons, I'm out. Hey, mules and were a pretty big deal back in the day for farm work, sir. It's a big thing on like the Oregon Trail game as well. Yeah. And mules and oxen. Yeah, they're 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 important. Um, does Shuby is that does that land with you, Oregon Trail, or is that not I mean, part of? Yes, your... I, I'm I'm familiar with the video game. I never played it, but I am familiar no. with the lore behind the video game. Joe, tell me why you didn't go with National Pumpkin Day. Was there a reason why you didn't go that direction with it being Halloween in a couple of days? Is there a reason why? you yeah, didn't I go didn't. With I didn't. I didn't want to smoke. I didn't. Day? I didn't want to debate because some people. Some people are very like anti-pumpkin. You can't that's, have pumpkin spice. That's me. Pumpkins. That's me. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't want that. So yeah. that's why I didn't do it's, it. Yeah. It's also National Tennessee Day. So shout out to our listeners in the great state of Tennessee. Oh, how and, fitting. And it's also national Check the tape. And this one, I don't want to get too down the rabbit hole with the political implications of saying this one out loud, but it's National Finance Financial Crime Fighter Day. So in case you want to go fight some financial crime, go ahead and do so today. Well, I, regardless of your p- political preferences, I think we can all unite over uh, not supporting financial crimes. Unless you are someone who commits financial crimes. Which, which I case. don't support. I, I we're, think... we're, we're strongly going to encourage yeah. any financial criminals uh, to not continue listening yeah. to Draft Dudes. There. Kyle, the voice of reason here on the Draft Dudes podcast hey, today. I, I have a, a national day proposal. Okay. So we've been talking about how we're going to do this, right? We're going to formally get one. And uh, it was inspired by National Tight Ends Day. But how about National Punter Day? Yeah, I'm I'm here for it. You are a huge special teams guy. Yeah. I have a massive appreciation for the field position game and, and Thomas Morstead has breathed a new life into my passion for punt team, but punters, uh, Chris, tell me it doesn't exist. Punters exist. Punters are people too. No, does the no, day, no, 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 no. Does the day exist? Oh, I don't national know. punters day. Kyle is, am I wrong when I say this, but the Miami dolphins are dead last in the NFL and average starting field position. Yeah, they are terrible. It's not a Thomas Morstead problem. What is it? it just, no, no, it's um, they have gotten zero value out of the return game in either phase. Um, I remember the Bills gave you like a six-yard field to score a touchdown on in week three. Right. Well, yeah, but that's <laughs> that was the only turnover we had in five games until mm. this past weekend. So gotcha. 
there well, that, I think that feed, that feeds into it huge. itself is yeah. it's every every possession you start is courtesy of a punt or a kickoff yeah i mean there's there's never... no short fields up until this past weekend against pittsburgh yeah i'm sure My, that that's the answer right there the preliminary research says that there is no national punters day okay i would like to set a motion to change that send it to the white house however However that's you get not, this that's, done. That's not where it goes, but okay. Send we'll it to start. Congress. <laughs> also not where it goes. Send it to the House of Representatives. The Supreme Court. I was, I, I'm not going to say it. Um, <laughs> Chris is like, oh, God, guys. No, yeah, no, go. I'm not going to say it. Let's talk uh, some football, yeah? Yeah, yeah. I w- check the tape. Uh, I have a player. You have a scheme. Um, mm-hmm. No idea what your scheme is. I Guys, great news. This is fantastic news. The National Day calendar, where we look to get all of our our National Days recognized, they said due to a substantial backlog, we are only accepting applications from companies and organizations. Look at us. Oh, wow. Let's go. Things are looking up for the Draft Network. Let's go. The Draft Network formally filing the request. (laughs) Chris, does this fall under your job description? It does does now. now. It does now, Joe. It does now. (laughs) Okay. Also in your job description is being the producer of this show. So you have to pick, do you want the scheme or the player first? Give me the scheme first. Let's do it. Okay. We're, we're going to talk about Matt Canada's offense. Oh, let's go. Shuffle passes like, to tight ends. I, I would like to talk about the player first. I would. Re, re, <laughs> no. Re, abort. I want to hear what Kyle well, has to say here. Well, no, this is, um, <laughs> Joe sniffed it out pretty quick. Shovel passes to tight ends. Right. So, <laughs> Is this playbook like 10 plays big? This is, this is a serious question. It's a serious question. You, you watch the Pittsburgh offense. And you continue to see the same general handful of concepts again and again and again. And we've talked about uncomplex offensive systems before, right? We've we talked about the Cincinnati Bengals. What they do is not the most exotic thing in the world but they have a certain talent that meshes with that, that makes it when they execute properly, very difficult to stop. Where is the talent that warrants this kind of a simple offensive approach? And to me, the shift motion volume kind of feels like it's something that you would do when you are talent deficient. And I don't think the Steelers necessarily are talent deficient but they don't have elite talent to go with these general two crossers in a post or the inside zone run or the uh, mesh concept that they run or the play action with the wheel that's built off of it or the inside shovel, right? And it's like, that's probably half of their plays that they're running on or they'll do something gadgety like the end around that they ran and they ran a couple jet motions for a quick touch pass to try and get something quick to the perimeter. And I'm just finished watching the, the all 22 of both sides of the ball from the Sunday night football game. And as I walked away from this Pittsburgh offense, I'm just, I, I, I asked myself what I would want to hang my hat on here. If I'm developing a young quarterback and like, I don't think it matters what the record is at the end of the year. Y- you have to make this change because this is a training wheels level offense that does not have talent to warrant the simplistic approach that the Steelers are currently approaching offensive football in the NFL. A couple thoughts here. Um, and I think it's a really interesting contrast between this being potentially the only offense for Ben Roethlisberger at, at his state last year, right? Like late yeah. stage Roethlisberger. Eh, this was probably his best chance, right? It was to run that offense given his physical limitations, but then also advancing it forward into a quarterback like Kenny Pickett and even Mitchell Trubisky that certainly have a whole lot more in terms of physical ability to do more. And so and Joe, they're, they're not doing anything to facilitate any of that. Sure. Which is a problem, but that's why it's an interesting foil where you can maybe make the case that it gave them their best chance last year and they were able to get to the playoffs and, and play a, 
a script of football that's not sustainable, but good enough for that year. But then now that you've got some more ability there, the evolution didn't really happen. And one thing that I've observed about Matt Canada when I brought up in our staff meetings is just how many different stops this man has had. If you go back to 20 or 2007, from 2007 to present day, he's been the offensive coordinator for Indiana, Northern Illinois, Wisconsin, NC State, Pittsburgh, LSU, Maryland, and the Pittsburgh Steelers. How many is that? Eight? Eight. That's too many stops. He hadn't been anywhere more than three years. Most of them are one. Most of them are one. One year. So I guess my question is, is how was how was this the resolution we came to in an NFL offensive coordinator search? <laughs> Genuine question. Yeah. What what about the resume of being like one and done at LSU? Was he one and done or two and done at Pittsburgh? And then I'm pretty sure he was one and done again at Maryland. Yeah, Pittsburgh, LSU, Maryland were all one and dones. How do you get an NFL head coach or NFL offensive coordinator job out of that? Wisconsin was one and done. <laughs> so didn't, if I'm not mistaken, like tennis or excuse me, um, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, they they pretty much in the last year or two have revamped their coordinators, right? Like they've, they replaced Keith Butler on defense with, with Terrell Austin and um, you know, their, their offensive coordinator hasn't been as long tenured, but like, I don't know if this was just kind of their reset or what, but Matt Canada is a limiting coach, which is not, not what you want, right? That's not what you want for your coordinator. You want somebody that can maximize your potential. Not well, And, and I guess it. what's, what's the most demoralizing for me is you have a first round pick at running back. Najee Harris. He's a talented player, right? He's scheme-specific type of talent, but he's a talented player. You have a tight end in Pat Fryermuth who's showcasing himself to be one of the few tight ends who can come into the NFL immediately, play an inline role, and have an impact in both the passing game and the run game. He's a good player, right? Deontay Johnson. Very, very, very good route runner. Mm -hmm. Pittsburgh has historically developed wide receivers better than any other franchise with only a few that, that would have an argument based off of the last 10 years for what they've taken middle round guys to, and, and had them become chase Claypool. Eh, maybe the exception of the rule there. I think he, his regression has been alarming, but then you have a guy like George Pickens who's coming in as a rookie. Who's very physically talented. Like you have talent. It's not, it's not elite dominant talent in the same way that Cincinnati with Jamar Chase and T. Higgins is vertical receiving, timing, back shoulder throws type dominant. They're more well-rounded players. But th- this for me is you you are playing with no imagination offensively. There, there's no rhyme or reason to anything that you're doing other than trying to get pre-snap tells for the quarterback mm-hmm. to understand and anticipate because your actual concepts are so vanilla that defenses are going to sit on. The bigger term issue here is it feels inevitable that after this season, we're going to talk about a new offensive coordinator for the Pittsburgh Steelers and for Kenny Pickett entering year two without the same offensive coordinator, which we know is not a, not a path you want to be on, right? Like the the quarterbacks that are young and develop usually are the ones that have that consistency for the first few seasons. And, and I think, it, like I said, it's inevitable that it's probably not going to be Matt Canada with Kenny Pickett beyond this year. Offensive points scored per game for Pittsburgh this season. They scored 23 against the Bengals, but seven of those were on a pick six from Micah Fitzpatrick. So 16, 14, 17, 20, 3, 20, 10. It's 20, comma, 3. Comma twenty ten, not twenty three, right? No, so not twenty. Twenty comma three comma twenty comma ten. It's a tough world to live in in this state and age or day and age of of 
football. So that was, um, I'd heard about it. I knew Matt Canada from the college level, uh, but in the preparation for the game this week and then seeing how the game played out this past week and, and just seeing kind of the, the lack of rhyme or reason to anything that's happening and how we just kind of come back to the same handful of concepts throughout an entire game was, was very eye opening, And it has me very anxious to see what the next chapter of offensive football in Pittsburgh looks like for the sake of Kenny Pickett, because I don't think this is currently an environment that you can continue to put a young quarterback in and expect him to grow. Well, Matt Canada will always have that 2016 season at Pitt with Nathan Peterman beating Clemson, right? It's, That's right. It's well, You can point to that type of thing for so many different coaches and like the opportunities that continue to come based on a moment is just fascinating. So, mm. all right. Have we I, I am finished? Tapping out on all right. Pittsburgh offense, yeah. All right, let's talk about Wide receiver Jalen Hyatt from Tennessee on on uh, National Tennessee Day. We're going to talk about a big reason why the Tennessee Volunteers are one of the hottest teams in college football and why, despite an injury from Cedric Tillman, who hasn't really played in the last several games, have continued to be an offense that can go out and score 52 points against Alabama. And I know that we talked about the Tennessee offense, uh, if I'm not mistaken, last week. But I did a deep dive on Jalen Hyatt specifically, and I want to kind of share some of my thoughts because we've been waiting for a receiver to break out and emerge this year. And I think we have him in Jalen Hyatt, who comes in at six foot, 185 pounds. That's estimate. I think he runs a 4-3. And I don't ever project somebody to run a 4-2. Like, I just don't do that. Um, but I did project a four, three, even so <laughs> that should give you an idea of what I think about this, this, uh, player's ability to, to run and get, you know, get, get to top speed, uh, four-star recruit from South Carolina received scholarship offers as early as being a high school sophomore. So this guy's been on the radar for a while. He goes to Tennessee and, you know, he wasn't a major part of the offense the last couple of seasons, his first two years, but this year, He's been phenomenal. He currently leads the SEC in receiving yards with, uh, I think, 769, which is almost 200 more than number two. Uh, Jonathan Mingo is number two. Um, and then he has the most receiving touchdowns with 12, and uh, number two has eight. So this is a highly productive SEC receiver. And it's not just the Alabama game. Jalen Hyatt's been very productive, really, throughout the course of the season after week one. I mean, against Pittsburgh, 11 catches, 73 yards against Akron, five receptions, 166 yards and two touchdowns, five for 58 against Florida, four for 63 and two touchdowns against LSU. Of course, the five touchdown, 200-yard game against Alabama. And then against Tennessee Martin, I think he played about a quarter of the game and had 174 receiving yards and two touchdowns on seven receptions. So this guy's been steadily productive this year, and, and that production seems to be growing. And so I you know, checked the tape on him, and obviously you, you watch him, and the speed immediately stands out. I think this is one of the most dynamic vertical receivers in college football. Nimble feet, explosive athlete, easy acceleration. He's got that speed where he's just going to win most foot races. He's going to be able to get behind defenders. When he's leveraged or if he's even, he has that ability to just simply run away from people. And I think he blends that speed with – good timing with his routes. I think he makes good adjustments on the fly. He makes a provides a, a reliable target for uh, Hendon Hooker. And, you know, I think that's an important component of his game. We'll talk about the scheme here in just a moment and how that certainly helps Jalen Hyatt. But I think there's a, a very savvy ability that he has to make those adjustments, cut with good timing, and position himself to maximize the space that's afforded to him in – Josh Heupel's very wide open spread offense like the hands. Um, I think he tracks it well and he catches it very securely uh, one drop so far this year. Um, and and I, I've come away pretty satisfied with how he addresses the football and, and the confidence that he shows catching the football away from his frame. Um, obviously the, the athletic profile, the elusiveness, the twitch, all of that shows up. Um, in terms of yards after catch and his ability to create space for himself as a route runner 
and with the football in his hands to, you know, maximize his, his touches. And then, um, you know, I, I think when you factor in just that ability to win down the field, the way that he can, um, that obviously commands a lot of respect from defenses. And that opens up a lot for you as a receiver where you can work back down the stem and, uh, create some some opportunities underneath, which I think if you go to like the LSU Florida game, even Pittsburgh, you can see a little bit more of that. I think if you watch them against Alabama and UT Martin, you're going to see the hey, I'm just going to be able to run by people. But there's a there's a more completeness to his skill set than just hey, I am a guy that's just going to win foot races and get behind people. And, and there's exposures that you can gain by looking at some of those other games and, and see that especially when Cedric Tillman was available for Hendon Hooker. Now, when it does come to concerns for, for Jalen Hyatt, there's some things that we should obviously recognize, and that starts with the scheme and how he's used. Uh, you guys have watched Tennessee. I mean, it's the most extreme spread offense there's ever been, right? I mean, you, you're putting three, four receivers outside the numbers on a lot of plays, and, and for a guy like Jalen Hyatt with that type of speed, you know, that creates a lot of opportunity for him. We've seen – not fast receivers like a Marlon Williams for UCF, right? With Josh Heupel, be able to feast off of this scheme. Um, and so I am mindful of that. I am. I, I do understand how this offense accentuates everything that he can be because of the space that's afforded to a guy that already excels at creating space. Um, and then I think you, you couple that with him being a Almost exclusive slot receiver uh, this year, 90.4% of his snaps are played from the slot. You know, you're mindful of that. He's given a two-way go every time. He never has to win the big boy matchups on the outside and has to compete against a defender and the, the the boundary, the sideline, right? That's definitely something that helps Jalen Hyatt. And he's got a slender build, you know? I mean, it's kind of listed six foot 185. I think it's probably close to that in terms of reality. Um, but, you know, he's kind of a long-legged guy, and, and you can tell he's just you – know, he's not like a big, thick dude, right? So you wonder about that component of him and, and having to be a more versatile player by alignment and really uh, being more challenged with his release package, right? That's Those are all things that are going to happen at the next level. Um, and so I'm mindful of all of that, but I, I am very mindful of the – explosiveness, the vertical ability, the timing of the routes, the hands, the ball skills, all of that has me very, very, very excited about Jalen Hyatt and his potential as a big play receiver and and what he's doing right now to really help his draft stock. You realize you have just set an outrageously high bar of expectations for when I watch him with a microscope. Yeah, I, I know that. Do you think I'm going to see the light here? What's fun is you always have the um, the small shifty receiver every year that you you fall in love with, and about fifty percent of the time I'm like, yeah, Joe, that's a great call, <laughs> and then the other fifty percent of the time I'm like, no, Joe, I'm all the way out. Uh, so this isn't that kind of player, but it is kind of we we have this incidence, and you and I have done this a long time, but you could probably go over the draft classes. Mm-hmm. and find the player who you watch in season before I do at the wide receiver position and say, <laughs> I'm in. Yeah. And it's about 50-50 coin toss where those guys fall. So um, would just love to, I guess, would love to hear your thoughts on on that dynamic of you and I's relationship in this space and uh, how you think Hyatt's maybe a little different. Man, I... The longer you and I do this together, the more uncertain I am um, of your willingness to align <laughs> with my opinions. Because sometimes you come right on, and sometimes you like the guy more than I do. Right, Jahan Dotson right. is that player. Right, last year where I started, you you started a little bit behind on Dotson. I'm like, bro, I this guy's a dog. Like he can play. And then it comes time to turn in final grades, and you're higher than me. And I'm like, yeah, I, I think he's a really high level too. So, you know, there's, there's those, those examples. Um, Calvin Austin was that guy last year though. Calvin Austin. Yeah. I mean, we've had Darnell Mooney. Like we've, we have these, like you said, every year we have these players. Um, I, Oh, how do I answer this? Um, If you're going to discriminate against him because of, 
playing from the slot and not being a guy that's really proven himself through contact a ton, then you're not going to be as willing to love all the rest of the evaluation. Right. To which I would say, I'm not sure you've seen enough of those exposures to say he can't do it, right? I think you sure. can look at his utilization yeah. and, and make some pretty good inferences about reality here, but um, it's going to be about your appetite to be mindful of the scheme, the role, and the the play style, right? That, that's where it's going to fall. You're going to love the speed. You're going to love the ball skills. You're going to love the big plays. Anybody's going to love that. It's how yeah. are you going to factor in those concerns into the weight of your grade? And that's a question for you and God. The um, last thing I'd like to do before we do <laughs> the um, tier maker yeah. is I would love to just take the last couple of years and identify who those guys have been. <laughs> I have draft history up right now. Oh, boy. Okay. So I just want us to iron out and nail down exactly who the receiver has been the last couple of years. You think last year was, um, you were all in on Calvin Austin. Oh and yeah. Then yeah. I, yeah. yeah. I, I still, I still love Calvin Austin. Well, he, he'll so help what, Matt Canada in Pittsburgh. If you can get healthy. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be your gadget guy. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a mid round wide receiver that you get to before I do. And then, like with Calvin, I was all the way in. Now, I don't know who you would qualify as the 2021 guy, and that's why I well, want to do this. So I, when I look at 2021, I think about two players that I was not in on, and that's Dwayne Eskridge and Tutu Atwell. Somehow both of those players were second-round picks, and I don't want to speak to where you were. I but. was in on Eskridge. I was not in on Atwell. But that's so why I was sitting here looking. I was like, hmm, was, was the guy – who Joe ended up in on, was it Tony? Was it Diane I think I like, Brown? I like Tony more than you. I know that. Yeah, I like Amari Rogers more than you did. But that, again, that's not really the, the spirit of what we're pursuing. Now, 2020. Yeah, Mooney. Mooney, yes. And I was out yeah. on Hamler. I don't remember where you were, but I was out on Hamler. Uh, I think I had Hamler... A little later than where he ended up getting drafted at 46. I think I had him like top 64 somewhere in there. My take uh, was that I think you can get everything that that Hamler is in Mooney, but three rounds later. And that and they don't always age well, but that one did. And I and I liked Mooney, but I did not like Mooney like you did. So that's a that's a big win for you. 2019. We were both pretty out on Isabella, right? Oh yeah. Watched was like, this that wasn't a hard one. That was not a hard one. And people talked a lot to us like we were crazy, like, oh, he's four three speed and route running. Like, yeah, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I see that. I don't know that there's a wide receiver in here that fits the spirit of what we're pursuing right now. 2019's a little bit of a black eye for, <laughs> for receiver evals. Yeah. I know DK was a big dub, but for us, kinda, yeah. But yeah. but like we this was the Hakeem Butler, Kelvin Harmon. Um, uh, you got guys. like we we like Debo Samuel, of course, about in the same range where he got drafted. Now, same thing with AJ Brown. I liked Nikhil Harry, so L for me. Um, I like JJ. Remember, like a white side, Riley, so Riley Ridley me. was was a big thing for effectively yeah. everybody there for a while until the combine rolled around. Uh, I like Nicole. I like Nicole Hardman. Was twenty eighteen for both of us? Anthony Miller. 2018 was very much you and I united over um, Cortland Sutton and people didn't like that about us. Well, Remember? and DJ Moore. Yeah. Oh, We're like, this DJ is a, Moore. this is a lot better player than the gadget player that the narrative existed mm -hmm. as DJ Moore, just because Maryland used him in all these scheme touches and end arounds and screens to the perimeter. And that was a little bit of a leap of faith. Um, but we, I, I know I'll speak for myself. I also really liked Anthony Miller and James Washington in that class. So I liked them as well. I don't know if I loved them though. And then we can all unite on 2017 as the last one. Um, not loving John Ross. Yes. We also united but, on not loving Corey Coleman. 
Yes. We didn't we didn't buy in on yeah. either of those guys, yeah. man. But we love the hell out of Josh Doxon, though. <laughs> you know, also love Carlos Henderson. How's his thumb doing? Can this guy help a team? <laughs> Why did the Broncos get all these players? <laughs> all of them. All of them, they man. Got all of them. Elway <laughs> listen to draft dudes or what? Must be, man. John, Must give be. us a ring. All right. Chris, you want to you want to take the wheel before we go back to 2015 here and no, we will go all day. So I would love descending into madness and to take the wheel back. Tier Maker Wednesday here on the show, and we are like as I teased yesterday, looking at the defensive coordinators in the National Football League and putting them into buckets of should they get head coaching interviews this off season, and we're doing so in week eight because we feel like it. And the four buckets that we have decided are slam dunk. This person should absolutely get an interview. Maybe we're kind of on the fence, probably not, and no chance. And so we will go through all of them. Joe put together a nice list for me here in the TD and Premium Discord for me to go through. So I have it all hey, ready did, to go. Did, did we get Eli figured out, by the way? E- Eli Sorry. tweeted at Eli. I believe it was Eli, right? Oh, Somebody yes, tweeted yes, at yes, us yes, 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 on yes. Wednesday and was like, I just signed up for premium. Just need to figure out how Discord works. <laughs> I, I, I will tell you, as of recording the show, there is somebody with an open ticket to join the TDN Premium Discord, and it might be Eli. So Very good. I, he might be you in Got to come right for Sam Teets' stat of the day. It, it, it is because his picture is the uh, Go Bills by Joe Marino. Oh, that's right. And you this, have the and this individual, And this individual is a Bills fan. Eli is a Bills fan that signed up. So I would assume so, this is Eli. So working very hard, efforting very hard to, to get him into the Let's Discord. Go. Yeah, I mean, listen, folks, I, cheap plug here before we get into the remainder of the show. If you're not a, if you are a member of TDM Premium and you are not a member of the TDM Premium Discord, here are the things that you're missing out on. Joe mentions the Sam Teat stat of the day. You're missing Overreaction Monday. You're missing film studies on Tuesdays. Well, let's talk about what these are. Overreaction okay. Monday is you sit in on our staff meeting with the entire Draft Network team, and we just react to everything that happened over the weekend. It's really fun wanna... hour, hour and yeah. Sometimes an hour and a half we go. It's never an, it's never an hour. It's always longer. It's never uh, the, an hour. Never an hour. Tuesdays and Wednesdays, you have film breakdowns. Uh, Keith, Kyle, myself on Tuesdays, Hello. Ryan, and DP on Wednesdays. We put polls in the, the server. You guys get to vote on the film that we watch on Tuesdays and we Wednesdays. watch the coaches' film, the All-22. Right. Thursdays, we have watch-alongs. In which we for we Thursday night every, football. for Thursday night football we have happy hour in which it's a free for all where we chat about all sorts of different things lots of fun to be had in the TD and Premium Discord you also get some sneak peeks at stuff you get early releases lots of things go on in the TD and Premium Discord so if you're a member of TD and Premium and you're not in the Discord you got to work on the website it. if you're, if you're not a member of TD profile. and Premium what are we doing here sign up for TD and Premium right now DraftNetwork.com the actual has go slash premium okay. Tier maker Wednesdays, the four buckets, slam dunk, maybe, probably not, no chance. We're going to go in the order that I have here because Joe put it in this order. We're going to start with <laughs> Buffalo Bills defensive coordinator, Leslie Frazier. Slam dunk. Maybe, maybe for me. So maybe. Is this, wait, 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 wait. This is should they receive head coaching interviews, right? That's that's the, the lens that we're framing this from. Correct. Yeah. Were you just concerned that Leslie's 63 years old? Is that, is that like your only reason for not having him as a slam dunk? No, I just wanted to clarify the criteria to make sure that I was aligned and everything that I'm about to do is represented in the way I honestly feel. Yes, Leslie Frazier, absolutely, beyond a shadow of a doubt, should receive head coaching interviews this offseason. Slam dunk, yes. Josh Boyer, Miami Dolphins. I have him in probably not. That's where I have him as well. Probably not. That's where I have him as well. I I would agree. What I like for Josh Boyer, though, he's young and all that, but like, I think him existing without Flores, right, is good for him, mm -hmm. right? They don't fall into that. That was such a huge. There was this massive debate last year when the Dolphins went from losing seven straight games to winning straight seven straight games. It was well, the defense is playing much better, and the big question was. Did Brian Flores get more involved? Did he get less involved? Like, what, who stepped in and intervened that fixed the defense? And um, I, I think Boyer having sustainability beyond Brian Flores, like you said, Joe, is is good for his resume. 
Uh, the New England Patriots defensive coordinator, a guy by the name of Bill Belichick. No chance. Yeah, no chance. This guy's washed. If you wanted to, like, Gerard Mayo is probably the more interesting name here, right? Um, and so I think if you introduce Gerard Mayo, you might get to maybe or slam dunk, but in the spirit uh, of actual... I'd say probably not. Really? For I'm, Mayo? Joe, I'm not betting on any coach from this tree. I'm All right, sorry. that's fair enough. Okay. I'm not going to do it. I, I get so it. Quit I get it. I get it. You gotta, I get it. Kyle's got Kyle's got some old wounds from that. So you got to. There is some PTSD in the old Bill it. Belichick tree. Yep. Uh, Bill, Bill's Fulmer. out here not even backing his own first round quarterback for the sake of competitive advantage. We'll, can't wait. We'll can't see. wait to play him on Sunday. Can't we'll, wait. We'll, we'll Frank see. Wright we'll, comes out and we'll says, Sam Ellinger. Yeah. Can't wait to play right. him on Sunday. Uh, Jeff Ulbright, the DC for the New York Jets. Maybe. Uh, no chance. On. I have been probably not. No chance. Chris says Chris says no chance because he doesn't no no he doesn't chance. want to lose him. You want to you want to bring in a guy who's going to constantly rotate your defensive lineman and your best players aren't going to play the entirety of the game. Yeah, no, nope. Chris, I've heard that for years with the Bills. Always complained about the defensive line rotation. Well, suddenly now everybody loves it. You just got to get I, the right players. Right. You just right, got. You right. just got to get. You got to get right. ten starting caliber defensive oh, right, linemen. Okay. Right. The Bills have finally. It took I, them five years, but they got it. I'm here to tell you that's a bad two strategy. A year. That is a that's a bad way a to it's a bad way to approach it. Listen, if you have stability, it's fine. But stability in New York and stability in the NFL in general is is not easy to find. So there you go. Uh, Mike McDonald, DC for the Baltimore Ravens. Probably not too young. Yeah, probably put not. Him, I, I put him in the no chance, but Can, same premise. I need points. another interruption there. What's because you know what's interesting on this rotation stability points that you came up with. You know who the longest tenured defensive coordinator in the NFL is right now? Is it Leslie Frazier? It's Leslie oh, Frazier. Well, aside of aside of aside Bill. of Bill Belichick, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's Leslie Frazier, and it's not close. I think the next closest is like 2019. So yes, that does speak to the stability and all that stuff. The DC for the Cincinnati Bengals, Lou Anaramu. I put maybe. That's maybe. where I got him. Maybe. That's where I've got them. They've, they've I like the corner since last yeah, year. They're, they do a pretty good job. I really, really like the Bengals' defensive scheme, and I've spent a lot of time with it since they've become my region um, pro for pro scouting. And I, I think the multiplicity of it is really, really good. I will say that I worry that he's kind of like maybe stuffy and dated a little bit. Uh, I, his comments about Daxton Hill pissed me off. I'm not going to lie. Like where he was completely unwilling to be open to the idea of rotating him in and like how he's anti rotating DBs. And I coached Xavier Howard as a rookie. I know what I'm doing. Like, I don't know about all that. That kind of pissed me off. But I think if you're looking for like that stabilizing guy, your Matt Eberflus type hire, I think you, you could maybe give him a call. Joe Woods, the defensive coordinator for the Cleveland Browns. No chance because no no he's going to get fired at his current job. Right. Well, you know, you know, might you know, might not know. He might he's do the Matt Can- he might do the Matt Canada or uh, or Cliff Kingsbury thing. And Joe Woods has coached good defenses in his life. I will say that it's just not going well right now. Right, Terrell Austin, Steelers, DC. Probably not, and just no chance. The, the the resume is too short for me. Uh, we're we're gonna have too many people in the probably not. We need to be a little bit more aggressive with our no chance. Oh, Chris, uh, I got some no chances. Don't worry. Yeah, I have it's, I have the same amount of coaches and no chances I do probably not. I have Terrell Austin and probably not. I think his ship has sailed. He used to be a candidate, and it's kind of over. Uh, Lovey Smith, I did not put anywhere, but I'm, he would go in the nothing. no chance if he was gonna. Yeah, nothing. He's not going to leave his current job. To, okay. Gus Bradley, no chance. No chance. No chance. Mike Caldwell, Jacksonville Jaguars, D.C. No chance. No I chance. put probably not. Probably not. No chance. That, that defense has not been gotten good. worse not since the season started. No chance. You can make an adjustment, Joe. It's okay. You can make the adjustment. <laughs> I, I'm fine with probably not. He's young and okay. interesting. He's young and okay. interesting enough for me to put him in the probably not not no chance. Shane Bowen, Tennessee Titans. Probably not. Probably not. Arrow up though, right? Yeah, they they've done a nice job. Uh, they played the Colts twice, so that's good for four uh-huh. turnovers. <laughs> right. I put him in the I put him in the no chance bucket for this cycle. Uh, there's there's some long term long term interest there to see how he goes from here. Um, 
we go out west. Denver Broncos, DC, Ajiro, Evero. This is in the maybe category. I have slam dunk. Slam dunk. Yeah, I have I think maybe as well. That, that I, defense defensively for Broncos is about the only good thing we can talk about and, right now. And the only reason why I say maybe, Joe, is because there's a chance he's the head coach of the Broncos by the end of the season. Oh. So I, I'm leaving the door open <laughs> a little bit here where he might not want to leave. Yeah, I, I, but I, I think this might be the most compelling guy on the entire list and not not just because of like the Denver Broncos defense obviously is playing well and and you love it that it, they've been shorthanded right like Gregory's been injured Justin Simmons has been injured um you know I don't I don't think that personnel wise it's perfect by any means um but I like how he's been creative I like his pedigree um I think it's a matter of time with him and I'm rooting for him have 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 Obviously, this is a 41-year-old first-time defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. We're aware of his coaching, the coaches he's worked for, right? Yep. It's the, very the, impressive. The depth of it. Very impressive. John, John Gruden, quality control. Jim Harbaugh, offensive assistant. Mike McCarthy, quality control. Sean McVay, defensive passing game coordinator and the secondary's coach. Raheem Morris, quality control. And, and they... Pro football oh. reference threw in Jim Tom Sula and Nathaniel Hackett in there, but yeah. there a lot of really good coaches that he has worked for. Yep, slam dunk for me. Steve Spagnola, Kansas City Chiefs. No chance. Uh, probably, probably not. Pro- probably probably not. not. But his ship has sailed. I would agree. Uh, here's here's why. Probably not. If you are a former head coach at the National Football League, I, there's always a chance you're going to get a phone call. Like there just is, because you have that experience. Is it likely? No. That's why he's in the probably not. But I, I didn't want to absolutely shut the door on it uh, in its entirety. Uh, Patrick Graham, Las Vegas Raiders. Maybe. Oh, I have slam dunk. I have probably not. They're, the reputation has not met the production for Graham's defenses with the exception of probably the 2020 season in which they were 12th in yards and ninth in, in points allowed. And they were top 10 in takeaways. But uh, 30th in yards, 21st in yards, this year 24th in yards, 26th in points, last year 23rd in points, dead last in 2019 in points allowed. And I understand that there's been talent deficiencies there that you're working with. But I can't put him as a slam dunk when this is the resume that you have right now. I think I'm buying a little bit into what you like, not necessarily the resume as I am the reputation. Um, I mean, the the things you've been able or, you know, to read and hear about Patrick Graham moves the needle a lot for me. And so um, I wish the results were better. But if, you know, maybe he is just a great administrator and a guy that can be a, a true leader, but I wish that his defensive results were better, but I, I'd, I'd want to talk to him. So in the spirit of this being a, uh, should they get interviews? He's on, he's on my list. I, I'd talk to him. That's fair, Joe. You're not saying you should get a job. You're saying you should get right. an interview. And that's, yeah. that's the premise of what we're doing. I think that's fair. Uh, Ronaldo Hill, the Chargers DC. I have him probably not. I right probably now, not as well. Right now, no chance. I, you got to worry a little bit about the. I hate to say this, but like the Brandon Staley affiliation, like that's not necessarily a good thing right now. No, it's not helping him right now. Right, that's right. why it's that probably doesn't not. Help him. It right. doesn't help right now. Right. Yeah. Uh, we go to the NFC. Dan Quinn. Let's just put him in the slam dunk. We can move on with slam our lives. Slam dunk. This defense Ooh. balling out the well, last and, two years. Joe Marino. Don't you dare put him in anything but. I have maybe. Oh, oh my Lord. God! I've seen oh the man as a head are coach. You, I've are seen you him with out of eyes. your mind? You're right. You're right, Joe. He is. Ne- it's not as if he's gone maybe. to the Super Bowl as a head coach. It. You're right. I think you got about me. it. This man got maybe. all the inter- this man got all the interviews last year. Said thanks, but no. You things. guys went have back, forgotten went, the collapses of the Atlanta Falcons. Went to the Super Bowl with the Falcons. Was great in Seattle as a DC. As great as a DC now. Good leader. Super Bowl coach. Ken Wisenhut, are we really doing this? That, those teams collapse out of your year mind. over year over you know what? year. Well, yeah, you know what? You know what part of the problem was? All of his assistants got plucked to go be head coaches elsewhere. But he had his his original coaching staff in Atlanta was phenomenal. It was really good. Here's what I'll say to that. I think you make a good point. 
I think we have to, if you're going to be a tenured head coach in the NFL, that comes with losing. Like that means you're being successful and that comes with losing coaches. And so just as much as it's about winning games and developing your talent, it's about developing the coaching staff underneath you and, and continuously having those levers to pull. And same thing with, with GMs, right? The best GMs are the ones that can sustain that attrition and have a, 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 a pipeline that you're developing underneath to raise up your next group of executives. Dan Dan Quinn is going to take a head coaching job somewhere after McCarthy gets fired when they don't win a playoff game at the end of the year. And he's going to bring Kellen Moore with him to be the OC. And he's going to have a really good coaching staff all over again. Okay. I, 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 the last time I saw Dan Quinn be a head coach, all I did was see his team collapse and collapse and collapse. Not just one year. It was year over year. It was inevitable. So I'm sorry if I don't say slam dunk. He's just a maybe for me. I'm insulted. Uh, the Giants, D.C., Don Wink Martindale. Maybe. Slam dunk. Slam dunk, Joe. What are you doing? We've turned to the NFC, and you've just lost the plot. I just I, – I – okay, this is what I'll say about him. I worry that he's just a really good defensive coordinator. And the fact that he hasn't really gotten a ton of traction says something to me. Jonathan Gannon, Eagles, D.C. Slam Slam dunk. dunk. Maybe. He got interviews last year, didn't he? Three Uh, of them, I think. I I think there was. I think so. Yeah. Jack Del Rio. No chance. No chance. No chance. No chance. There's a lot of reasons why no chance. Uh, North, <laughs> Allen Williams, Chicago Bears, D.C. No chance right now. No chance. Yeah, yeah no chance. I put right probably now. not. I put probably not with him. Uh, I like where I like the idea of where where he can develop into. So I don't want. Yeah, put I, I think that's fair. But right yeah. now, his resume is uh, no chance for me. Aaron Glenn, Lions. I put maybe it would have been slam dunk. They're not playing well. Probably not. Probably me. not right now, just because statistically it's been yeah. so. They don't even do the little shit right. Right, right. That's like, the problem. They're, 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 they're the worst tackling defense in the NFL. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm so glad that, that that's where we use the explosive tag for the show today. That, that's really not a that. little stuff. You do the little stuff, right? Well, you I, can't, I can't. Un, no, you I can't. No, I can't undo that. Go back and splice that. You can. They don't do the little stuff, right? They're the worst tackling team in the NFL. Easier to slap the E and move on, right? Than right. That, in that. terms I, of the I edit, I'm just going to try. I'm going to sl- slap the E and move on. Yeah, it's easier that way. Uh, Joe Barry, Green Bay Packers. Uh, no chance. Maybe. Uh, no, stop. Uh, I have been probably not. Uh, Ed Donatel. No chance. Probably not. Probably not. Uh, South Dean Pease. No chance. I put maybe. I put probably not just because the ship's probably sailed, right? Yeah. Right? Same thing with Donatel with me. Like, good defensive minds, long time, but, like, just the age factor, right? If someone's going to yell at me for that, but whatever. It is what it Al is. Al Holcomb, pa- Panthers, no chance. No chance. No chance. Uh, the Saints, co-DCs, I put in no chance. Same. No, no chance to Ryan Nielsen and Chris Richard. And the Bucks co-DCs also get to hang out in the no chance bucket. Right. We go out west. Vance Joseph, maybe. I said probably not. I said maybe, but it's begrudged. But there's been enough heat around Vance Joseph's name lately that I understand that he's probably going to continue to get yeah. and he sh- And he should. That What he has done with that defense in Arizona deserves him having conversations once again. To he, see if he's, He interviewed if he, for a Miami job last year, right? Yes. If I'm not mistaken. He was like um, in the top five at the end. He's a little Patrick Graham like, right? Where like the results <laughs> haven't, haven't been great. Yes. Yeah. But there's that, a great reputation. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's kind of that was my school of thought for both guys, to be honest. Raheem Morris, slam dunk. Slam, slam dunk. Dunk. Slam this dunk. is my favorite meme guy. on this list aside of oh, I got, the guy we're gonna got, talk about next. Yeah, that guy. The guy we're gonna talk about next. Uh, like, but no. like Raheem Morris was number two. Yeah. His his what he's done in the league is really impressive. Like not only has he been a defensive coordinator, he's been a wide receivers coach and an offensive passing game coordinator. Like you have to love the different hats that he's put on throughout his career. And, and obviously, oh by the oh by the way, he's been a former head coach too. Right, right. 
So a lot of experience there that you can draw on, and, and so yep. you, you like that a lot. So yes, I'm of the belief that this would be number one on my coaching power rankings list if it wasn't for the next guy who is clearly number one, D'Amico Ryan's San Francisco 49ers. <laughs> Slam dunk. Get that guy in your building Slam immediately. Yeah. Slam dunk. Slam dunk. And then the last thing we have to discuss, or do you want to talk about D'Amico Ryan's, Joe? Oh, uh, no, I, I I forgot there was another name, but how dare you? Clint, I, Clint Hurt. Clint Hurt. Probably not. Probably, Probably not. not. Yes. Okay. Go ahead, Joe. So, sorry. No, I have it on my spreadsheet in front of me. I have the buckets and the names. So it's not like I'm going from the same list that you are. So I had to kind of like find them each time. Um, this was a really fun tier maker. We're doing offensive coordinators next week. Yeah, we're going to do offensive coordinators next week. Yes. That should be yeah. even more exciting. Yeah, I think I, I think I lean. We did this, and like I said, the 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 um, the genesis of this idea was when I was doing the watch along last Thursday for TD and Premium. They asked me what my how I would rank it, and we did it as a group. We kind of went through it, and I was like, "Wow, this would be really fun to tear these guys out." I lean more defense than offense of my top five list. Um, so it'll be I'll be interested to see where you guys weigh in on on the offense. Ooh, so the, like the end result here is like we'll legitimately have our slam dunks which creates a better conversation for when these guys get hired. And we were, wow, Christopher, yeah, systematic you know, content here. I it's, respect you know, the it's, move. It's what, it's what we do here on the show. If we're going to, if we're going to do that and I have a name, that's not an OC or a DC. Can I just invoke his name? Hmm. Well, what side of the ball do they coach? Uh, they are the assistant head coach and it, the tight ends coach for a team. So then talk, then talk about them when we talk about that team on offense next week. Just like Joe brought mm. up uh, Mayo's name and you said no, thank you. You bring Is it this up an NFL week. coach. Yes. Has it? Have they been a coordinator? No. Wow, making the leap. Have they been a head coach? No. Ever? No. Wow, Sterling just... reputation, very, very. It was a name that was on the off the beaten path for the head coaching search that that my team went down this winter, and really fell in love with with everything that I've heard about oh. who he is. Okay, there you go. There's a tease so there for next week's show. Well, there you have it, Cal Krabs, Joe Marino, Chris Schubert, draft dudes in the books. Hope everyone enjoys the rest of your Wednesday. Come on back. See us again tomorrow. Thanks to our friends over at Battle Online for their continued support of the show. We hope to talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for being here for another episode of the Draft Dudes Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. While you are at it, help the dudes out by leaving a rating and review. Want more? Head over to www.thedraftnetwork.com. Or follow us at The Draft Network on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.